All right, I hope you found your places. Deuteronomy 6, did I tell you that? Good, because I'm, I'm the only one now who's turning. Deuteronomy chapter 6. I'd like you to f- follow along with me when I read these verses. Verse 1. Now, these are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord your God commanded to teach you that ye might do them in the land whither ye go to possess it, that thou mightest fear the Lord thy God, and to keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I command thee, thou and thy son and thy son's son, all the days of thy life, that thy days may be prolonged. Hear therefore, O Israel, Observe to do it, that it may be well with thee, and that thou may increase mightily as the Lord God of thy fathers hath promised thee in the land that floweth with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thine children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. And thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house and on thy gates. And it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he sware unto his fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give thee a great and goodly cities which thou buildest not, and houses full of all good things which thou fillest not, and wells digged which thou diggest not, vineyards and olive trees which thou plantest not. When thou shalt have eaten and be full, then beware lest thou forget the Lord which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God and serve him, and shalt swear by his name. Ye shall not go after other gods of the gods of the people which are round about you. For the Lord thy God is a jealous God among you, lest the anger of the Lord thy God be kindled against thee, and destroy thee from off the face of the earth. Ye shall not tempt the Lord your God as ye tempted him in Massa. Ye shall diligently keep the commandments of the Lord your God and his testimonies and his statutes, which he hath commanded thee. By the way, in the recitation of God's word this morning, I read to you commandments, statutes, and judgments. The equivalent of those was found in this verse that I just read to you, testimonies. Those are four designations of God's word. Note what he said. You shall not tempt the Lord your God as you did in Masa. You shall diligently keep the commandments of the Lord your God and his testimonies and his statutes which he commanded thee. And thou shalt do that which is right and good in the sight of the Lord, that it may be well with thee, that thou mayest go in and possess the good land which the Lord sware unto thy fathers to cast out all thine enemies from before thee. And when thy son asketh thee in time to come, saying, What mean the testimonies and the statutes and the judgments which the Lord God hath commanded you? Then shalt thou say unto thy son, We were Pharaoh's bondmen in Egypt, and the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. 
And the Lord showed signs and wonders and great and sore upon Egypt, upon Pharaoh and upon all his household before our eyes. And he brought us out from thence that he might bring us in to give us the land which he sware unto our fathers. And the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes to fear the Lord our God for our good always that he might preserve us alive as it is at this day. And it shall be our righteousness, if we observe to do all these commandments before the Lord our God, as he hath commanded us. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. Let's pray. Dear Father, this morning I've read your word in the hearing of your people. And truthfully, it is sufficient. It is enough. It is accurate. It is trustworthy. It is your word. Yet God, for a reason known only to you, you also chose preaching. The means by which we would communicate your truth. So with the connection between your word and a preacher and a congregation, May you communicate to our hearts those things which we specifically need in this hour. For this I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Today, on the surface, it's Sunday. But it's not just a Sunday. If you just get your people out of the house with their socks and shoes that somewhat match, and you feel like they have some decency amount of nutrition to survive three hours without a snack, unless they're in the nursery, they got goldfish, then you feel like this is a successful day. However, this is the day that we use our voices to sing in worship to God. This is the day that we use our words and our voice to testify of God. Sunday is the day we use our ears to listen to the Word of God. We use our eyes to read the Word of God. We use our mouths to pray. You say, are you going to nose? Yep. We use our nose to smell the fragrance of God. Pastor reminded us yesterday, in the middle of the ordination council, the free free fragrance, It's a long day already. It's just 10 o'clock. The three fragrances. You try to say that in front of people. The three fragrances ascribed to our God, which are? You say, we use our noses? Oh, have you ever been around sweet fellowship? I'm not talking about Krispy Kreme. I'm talking about when fellowship is genuinely sweet. There's a fragrance about there. When you spend time in the presence of the Lord, I'm not trying to be mystical, weird, you opened up the kitchen cabinet with spices, you put the fan on and you blew it to where you were praying. I'm talking about legitimately sensing the presence of God. And there's something precious about that. Today's the day where our presence in God's house matters to God. And our presence in God's house matters to the people of God. Because what happens when we look around and say, oh wow, so-and-so was here. Now that's not where we pull out the script book or the playbook that says, all right, here are the five guilty statements to say to somebody who missed church today. This is just about, wow, I missed you today. 
I missed your presence. Your presence matters in church. This is the day we set aside to worship God. This is the day we, that God set aside to worship Him. And we use our presence to matter to other believers. And then this is the day where our ministry, what we do for God matters, whether usher, nursery, worker, teacher, whatever it is. This is where we perform service to God, put it all together, and we say this is our worship to God. That's what this day is about. Don't let it just be the day where you grabbed all the kids, jerked them out of the house, threw them in the car, drove them through the McDonald's drive-thru, threw them in their Sunday school classes and say, I made it. Let this be the day where you set aside specific purpose to worship Him and to give Him the glory that He deserves. Deuteronomy chapter 6 is the story of what God wants out of his people. Christianity was never really meant to be a dominant religion. We've always been the sub-religion. The world's the system of sin. That has been the dominant religion. All God's done for us is given us the tools of how to live in a heathen culture. When I was four years old, I chose God. So how could you choose God? You're a kid. Somebody presented the plan of salvation to me with simple colors. And because I wasn't colorblind, it was quite easy to believe. I was a sinner. I needed Christ's blood to cover my sin, without which I would die and go to hell, but with which he would take my sin and make me white as snow. That made sense to me, and I chose God. And I have to get up every morning and say, I still choose him, not for my salvation, for my daily sanctification. And the homes that you represent today are homes where God has planted you in the midst of a heathen culture, and you Your home is to be the embassy of heaven, delivering the culture of heaven in order to make a difference in this heathen world. So when I say to you at the age of four, I chose God, I did. I still choose Him. I don't have to guess about Him. I have His Word. I have what He wants my family to do, what He wants me to do, what He wants dads to do, what He wants moms to do. But as we become increasingly more aware of our heathen culture, it would be very easy to retreat, to cower back, to no longer advance, and just simply say, we'll let the heathen go their way, and we will go our way. I said, Brother O'Malley, have you paid attention to what's happening in society? Yes, I have. Brother O'Malley, we have, we have a society where people can't even make up their mind what gender they are. I know. So, Brother O'Malley, we've got a lot of heathen people out there. I know. But I'm not without a rule book of how to live. I'm not here... To change the heathen, I'm here to bring them the gospel. I'm not here to adopt heathen practices. I am here to advance the cause of the gospel. Inside the four walls of my house ought to be heaven's culture. Maybe you've traveled overseas before or you've seen an embassy of another land in our own country. Not far from here in D.C., you would find a number of embassies that are there. I've been in those embassies and I've been in embassies overseas. 
And I can tell you this, you stand inside the perimeter of that embassy and you are on that nation's soil. Say, no, it's on American dirt. I know. It's foreign soil. We've ceded that to them to have that. In our home, in your home, we cede no territory to the heathen. This, where you live and the children you are raising, no matter their age, you are raising them to be citizens of heaven that follow the culture of heaven. You say, well, no, uh, you know, we got to let our kids find their own way. Yeah, my parents didn't know that rule. <laughs> they pointed the way. And when we strayed, they had a way of getting us back. And then another way of reminding us not to do that again. I just polished that up for those of you who are squeamish with child discipline. If you want the unfiltered version, I'll give it to you in between Sunday school and church. They wore us out when we did that. So well, I don't want to harm their psyche. My parents didn't even know I had a psyche. <laughs> but I know this. They raised me to choose God. And that is our job. Do not give up any territory. The school season is starting back up. What does that mean? The culture machine is starting to turn again. You have to do this. You can't say this. You have to be correct over here. You have to give space there. You can't say that. You can't go here. Say, whoa, I got a boy. I got a girl. They're going to the boy's bathroom. They're going to the girl's bathroom. They're going to do what's right. So you can't even define what's right. That's your truth. No, there is no other truth but God. Pastor, I feel like we're, we're losing our courage to stand. It's like a dad with a teenage daughter who just doesn't have the fight in him anymore and just gives in to her. Sorry, I just threw all coward dads and girls under the bus. But I'll get the rest of you briefly. It will take me a few more minutes. We cannot back down. We cannot cower. We have a manual. Everything that you need to know to raise your children, your grandchildren, and your great-grands are all contained in the 25 verses I read in your hearing. The entire manual, one chapter. And we wander around like we don't know what we're doing. We act like we don't know what we're doing. We let our kids do whatever they want. We've empowered our children to become lawyers. To negotiate with us on what God already decided. I don't have to negotiate with a child nor a teenager about what God already decided. If God's word made it clear, guess what? It's clear. Say, well, you know, Brother O'Malley, you really need to get one of those more modern versions because they don't say it as meanly as that Bible said it. God determined His Word. 
no matter what words you change to give you what you feel like, it doesn't matter. God's word spoke. And what God's word speaks, that's what we do. Are you Zach? Who's, where is Zach? I haven't seen him. Zach! Dude, the beard, the whole thing there, the look. Wow, I've missed you. I mean, I didn't even recognize you because I said both guys have beards. But, but he was looking at it me more meanly than you were. And so therefore, it was like, there's a bond here, but whatever. Good to see you, buddy. I didn't realize it. It's a shame you didn't come over and say, hi, Brother O'Malley, how are you? He said, boy, single out one guy. Come back tonight. As we know it, Christianity is the only way that a man can find Christ. Don't tell me about, well, religion. I know religion has messed everything up. I chose God. I chose His Son's payment for my sin. Christ paid the penalty for my sin. That distinctly marks me as His. And as being His, I am to govern mine home in this way. He said, well, Brother O'Malley, the world is saying a lot of things. The world has always yammered on and on and on. We do not respond to the comments of the world when it comes to the authority of the Word of God. The Word of God determines everything about our home. If something is in your home that does not match up with the Word of God, you can either move the Bible out or you can move it out. That's it. You have to follow those rules. I was recently in an embassy because my passport was taken from me in a foreign country. It's a long, long story. Clearly, I'm here. I made it out. I still have my same passport. I said all of that to say this. I walked inside of that country's embassy in yet another country. And I'm there and I'm thinking, wow, they do that just like they do there. And they do that just like they do there. They're even speaking the language of their country in this other land. So what are you getting at? When people come into your home, when they come into the circumference of your family and its area of influence, first and foremost, they have got to see heaven's culture on your kids, the influence of the Word of God, the influence of Bible teaching, the influence of Bible preaching. As I read in Deuteronomy chapter 6, lest you all think I've forgotten what I was doing, I have not. What time do we stop? Quarter to, I'm union, so I, I have to have a specific, no, no, just kidding. <laughs> I've said all of that this morning to say this. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, there are six things every Christian home must have. Six. I'll give them to you now because you will run out of time. You will not be able to listen fast enough. But if I give you these six, you'll be able to mark them down. And then in your own reading, go back and read. I will pick this up in the morning service. And it's rather ambitious to think that I'll finish at least one in church, but I'm going to try. Maybe two if you promise to listen fast enough and give up your lunch. Okay, Zach, we'll just go with the one. 
Here they are. Number one, regard Scripture. Six things, every family, as dictated by God Himself, the Creator, the designer of our home. Very first thing, if you're writing things down, well, first of all, why wouldn't you write stuff down? Because this would be the best stuff to remember. Number one, a regard for Scripture. I will come back to that in the remaining moments that we have this morning. Number two, fear God. Number three, love God. I made these two points, Zach, just for you. You're not even writing down. I remember when we were closer. I'm reviewing now. Number one, regard Scripture. Number two, fear God. Number three, love God. Number four, this is the longest one. Way to show up. No, number four, practice righteousness. You could make that simpler if you wanted and put do right. Number five, remember God. Number six, train disciples. Would you read them back out loud to me? That way the people who didn't get them all done will not feel as bad. They'll think everybody got them and we'll make it through. You ready? Here we go. Review. Number one, regard Scripture. You're saying them out loud with me, right? This is where I don't feel all alone and by myself. Number one, regard Scripture. Number two, fear God. Number three, you did write them down. I'm so proud of you. Number four, practice righteousness. Number five, remember God. Number six, train disciples. When God told his people this is what he wanted from them, all six of these tent poles, if you will, kind of holding up the big fabric of family, these tent poles must be what is there? The only way your family will survive, the only way you can produce godly kids in a heathen world is for you to have these six elements in your home. Your, every home has to have a standard. A, a standard by which you'll govern your family. A standard by which you'll decide what to do because you have the standard of the Word of God. Culture may tell you what to do, but the Word of God sets the culture in our home. You can set the culture in your home by the apathy you have as well, but you have to accept the fact this is what God said. This is what God wanted. Let's go to verse number one. Let's see if we can do the very first thing that must be in our home, and that is to have a regard for Scripture. Look at verse 1. These are the commandments. What are commandments? I'll give you simple definitions. Commandments are what he wrote. Then he said, these are the statutes. What are the statutes? The things that he declared. Then he said, judgments. Those are the things he decided. And then when we got down to like verse 15, 16, where it or 17, where it talked about the word testimonies. That's what he spoke. So what he wrote, what he declared, what he decided, and what he spoke, these are the things that we must regard. It's a, it's a travesty when the Bible only becomes the book we grab on Sunday. When everything else, and this is probably just metaphorically, I think, although it probably wouldn't be a bad thing to be literal, but metaphorically, we pile everything else on top of here. If I have a regard for Scripture, it's on top of everything in my life. What he said, what he decided, what he wrote, 
and what he spoke have to be the standard. So let me ask you just a very simple question. Uh, oh, I, I forgot your name. I apologize. It's probably better that you feel that I forgot it. But now help me, remind me, but tell me the truth, what your name is. Because I have people lie. Robert. Robert. You're a deacon, right? As of... Well, <laughs> you didn't come out to eat with us, so it was in, it was in tension at that point. Do you, I, I don't know what happens at your home, so I just have to ask a question. Do you have a television at home? Okay. And that's, I have, I have one at my home. I, we have two. One in my mom's room, one in our room. Or in the TV room. We have a whole room dedicated to it, I guess. What you watch, does God's Word decide what you watch or you just pick what pleases you at that moment? It has to. What you watch on YouTube has to be decided here. So, Brother O'Malley, I just want to watch something. I understand that. But God's Word has to determine what we watch on television. God's Word has to determine what we call entertainment or amusement. That is, amusement to not have musing anymore. The idea of you just shut off everything and just sit there and just take it all in. God's Word has to determine where you go for entertainment. God's Word has to determine how you treat your spouse. By the way, is this your wife? Ma'am, what is your name? Tara. Tara and Robert. Okay. Miss Tara, how your husband speaks to you, and men know this, what we speak is not nearly as important as how we say it. Would you get me a tea, please? It's different than saying the same words. The Word of God has to determine how your husband speaks to you. And before you could go all churchy on him and just rip his face off for the way he's spoken to you, make sure you understand that the same Word of God dictates how you speak to your husband. God said, everything I said... What I said, what I wrote, what I declared, and what I decided, all of those help you determine how you speak to each other. Is this your offspring at the end of the pew? Hello, offspring. Your parental units have identified you as theirs. How you obey your mom and dad has already been decided by God. You don't have a choice. Your job, as decided by the Word of God, is in our home, we regard Scripture so highly that we follow what it says. For our entertainment, for our discipline, for our attitudes... How you discipline your children, Robert? Tara, how you discipline your offspring? Nameless one? Isaac. Yeah. 
I know the end of your story. Wow. <laughs> Bible humor, she's got to roll with it. It's like dad jokes for a preacher, you know. <laughs> How you discipline him, when you discipline him, if you discipline him, all of that has already been determined by the Word of God. What angers you? What frustrates you? What you allow to, call, uh, to cause you to sin? All of that is already determined by the Word of God. How you speak to your children, how you separate from the world, all of these are things that God said, I told you what I wrote, I commanded these things, this is your responsibility, your job is to regard Scriptures. Remember, commandments are what He wrote, statutes are what He declared, judgments are what He decided, testimonies are what He spoke. How do we regard Scripture? Verse 1. Look at verse 1. We regard Scripture by doing God's Word. These are the commandments, the statutes, the judgments, which the Lord commanded to teach you that ye might do them. The word ye, those are signal words to us from our King James translators who help us to know that ye is the plural form of you, meaning very southern, all y'all are responsible to do this, all right? Notice what he said, that God commanded to teach you, that's why we have the Word of God, that ye might do them in the land whither ye go to possess it. Why is God telling them? They've been dwelling in a wilderness. Now they're going to go live amongst heathen people. How are we supposed to live? Give regard to Scripture by doing what he says. Verse number 1 also says to receive his word to say, okay, then if this is what God's word says, I will do this. I receive what God has to say, and this is what we'll do. I don't have to decide whether or not I'm going to go to some place that serves alcohol or has adultery or any of those things. I don't have to decide that. This has been decided for me. I don't have to decide whether my kid is going to speak with a potty mouth. That's already been decided. I don't have to decide whether I'm going to have a bad attitude to my wife or not. This has already been decided. When we elevate the Word of God, these things are already determined for us. We, verse 1, we do God's Word. Verse 1, we receive God's Word. Look at verse 6 through verse 9. In our house, we have to teach God's Word. Notice what he says in verse 6 through verse number 9. These words which I command thee, no higher authority than God. Well, that's just what the preacher said. And you're obfuscating. So, well, well the, the preacher, he, the church, they've been teaching that. No, you're hiding. Go ahead and admit you're not going to do something because you don't want to. So, well, I, I was harmed in church. Let me carefully walk through this. In some cases, there are people who were hurt in church, and that is a tragedy. It's embarrassing. But I'll assure you, no one has ever been able to say, God hurt me. Church may have hurt you, but it wasn't God. 
So I, well, well, Brother O'Malley, I, I'm still frustrated. I understand humans frustrate me all the time. Imagine what they do to God, their creator. And this is what he said. I gave you my word. Teach this. Notice what he says, 6 through 9. These words, which words? The words we're reading. These words which I command thee, no higher authority than God. Where should those words rest? Verse 6. In our heart. Why? Because they're easy to reach. We'll be able to pull them up. We'll know what to do. Verse 7. Thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. What does it mean to be diligent in teaching? Keep going back over it. Isaac, did anybody ever tell you the alphabet more than once? Did anybody ever tell you math facts more than once? One plus one is two. Two plus two is four. Three. They, more than once. That tells me you're going to need more help. We're going to have to tell you God's word more than once. Miss Tara, did you teach him how to use a spoon? Did it take more than one lesson? Thank God you didn't have to teach him chopsticks. You're going to have to tell him the word of God more than once. Why? Because it took him a long time to learn how to use a spoon. Zach, you remember those days? Thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. What else? Thou shalt and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house. What do you talk about at the house? Okay? One big pie chart. Of the whole conversation, all the wording... <laughs> I know that's not a word, and I just kind of made a gerund out of the word word, and that's like verbing a noun plus. All the wording that goes on in your house, how much of it is about God? He said, you're supposed to talk about me. Talk about what I wrote. Talk about what I decided. Talk about what I declared. Talk about what I spoke. Is that what the conversation is at the house? Or is it more about pass the green beans? Is it more about we did this today and we did this today and hardly about what did God do today? If we're going to have homes that are culture proof from a heathen culture, then what we have to determine to do is that we will regard Scripture by obeying it, by receiving it, by teaching it, verse 6 through 9, because you're not reading fast enough, and shall talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way. So wait a minute. So we talk about the Bible when we're at home? Check. When we're... No, I know none of y'all walk anymore, so let's say when you're driving, what are you talking about? You kids sit in the back and shut up. I don't even want to hear you breathe. Oh, so when we travel, we're supposed to talk about God's Word. I find that very convicting. That's the point. That's why it's there. Next he says, 
When thou liest down and when thou risest up, put the kids to bed, talk about God. Get them up in the morning, talk about God. I know there's a lot of books right now you can read on how to be an effective parent, how to be like the essential parent, the purest parent, the minimalist parent. The Let's just do what is apparent. This is what we're supposed to be doing. Let me give you the fourth one. I hadn't even finished reading. Oh my goodness, you people are just, you're just slow. Verse 8, and thou shalt bind... If you don't know, that is me joking, okay? It's all right to laugh. Verse 8, Thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. A very strong cultural reference. There were Jews that wore uh, a symbolic and practical ornamentation on their hand or their forehead that represented the Word of God. Because it was important to them. I'm not telling you you got to get some duct tape and tape a pocket Bible to your forehead. But boy, it sure wouldn't hurt if you did it to your heart. And verse 9, Thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house and on thy gates. So, Brother O'Malley, it looks like the Word of God is going to be completely surrounded us at our house. Yep. What good is that going to do? Apparently the Creator thought it would help you. In our house, Kim really wanted this, this framed art at our house. And it's all of Psalm 119. So if you ever walk down the... Uh, uh, Brother Aaron has been there. And your wife, you were there. And the kids, you've been in our house. Right there behind, to the left of my chair, if I'm sitting in it, is this long piece, Psalm 119. You say, well, it'll take a long time to read it. But boy, is it a reminder if you're going blowing down the hall ready to rip somebody's face off. It's a good thing to walk by and say, yeah, good, good reminder. What do we need? The reminder to regard Scripture. I, I haven't even gotten into practically my sermon for this morning yet, but I know where I am on time. We have to. Restore scripture in our home. Or we're going to be in a bigger mess than we are now.